charging to drive on roads? That could be coming down the pipeline. What do we think of it? Kirk and I are going to talk about that coming up on the show today. From the streets of San Antonio, straight to your wallet, it's Jake's Two Cents on Jake of All Trades. All right, welcome back. My name is Kirk, and I'm not a financial expert. But I'm Jake, and I am the financial expert. And together, Kirk and I talk about financial planning topics, we look at the economy, and we review financial articles, all with the express purpose of helping our listeners build wealth, both today and into the future. And today, we're going to be talking about roads. (laughs) The exciting (laughs) world of roads. Roads. Roads are more exciting and important than we might think. We just don't think about them, right? Except when, you know, like, because roads, really, it takes up all of our, or a lot of our lives. Being on roads, driving on roads, sitting in roads, mm-hmm. trying not to die on roads. On roads. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, uh, rushing to get to the hospital during a pregnancy on roads, you know, getting to work. I mean, just... Roads are roads. the arteries it's, of our... Yeah. All roads lead to Rome. Like when Augustus really made the road system in ancient Rome, that's a big part of the flourishing of that empire was the roads, right? The, mm-hmm. the Silk Road, which connected, or, or, you know, uh, Asia to to other countries around the world. That yep. was, I mean, just any kind of route. This is incredibly important for growth, and mm-hmm. we don't think about roads and their, you know. Uh, um, impact on they're, our lives. Right. They're just there always when we need them and they're accessible and they better be safe. And we've kind of come to that expectation. Well, and we also don't think about alternative methods of roads. We don't think about like how we pay for them. What takes, mm-hmm. you know, so like, I don't like riding a motorcycle in Texas. I, I, I wouldn't because especially around where I live, because there's too many potholes. Um, in California, Northern California, where I used to live, where there's a lot of motorcycles, that's not as big of a problem. So there's a lot more motorcyclists, for instance. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's um, an interesting comparison of, of the kinds of roads. And, you know, I have um, a friend who just moved to Port, or my, actually an old boss who moved to Puerto Rico for the tax benefits. Oh. <laughs> and he won't um, buy a nice car there. Because the roads are so horrible that it will destroy the car. Ah, so you buy like a cheap, you know, so even the wealthy people buy pretty cheaper cars there or more cheap cars. Yeah. Uh, if they're driving around at all. Mm-hmm. So roads, they're important. And it's in the Wall Street Journal now. It's not important. This is, yeah, I mean, it's important now that it's in the Wall Street Journal, right? That's right. So this article we found and why we thought we would talk about this is because there is a larger push and a lot of support from economists on this strategy that's called uh, a surcharge, a road congestion surcharge. And this is something that they implemented in London to help reduce the amount of traffic congestion in in certain areas of the city. And the way it works is essentially it's like a toll road, only the road you're driving on isn't a toll road. It's just a regular road. But the the, uh, city now has the ability to charge almost like a convenience fee because they, uh, from an economic perspective, every person 
uh, that's on the road is how do they, they refer to it here as a burden. So this is like a toll charge for a burden because if you think about it, when people are driving, there's a cost associated with them and with other people on the road, right? Because if they're on the road, you have to share the road. And so the idea is that, well, in certain areas where there's limited roadway, limited lane space, in order for us to maybe discourage everybody from hopping in their car and driving downtown, we could create a system where there's a fee so that if you're somebody that didn't really need to drive downtown, right? There may might have been an alternative uh, mode of transportation. You take the bus, you ride a bike. Then the fee mm. is going to discourage them from being on the road. And then the other person that has to be on the road is more comfortable paying that fee because they're going to have a more comfortable experience driving on the road because there's less people. That's the economic idea behind instituting some of this. And we will say that it's very applicable because – in the latest infrastructure bill that was passed by the Senate with bipartisan support and is now at the House of Representatives, so it's it has a really good chance it's going to go through, there's $250 million grant related to specifically congestion relief programming. And so a big part of that money that's going to cities around the country is going to encourage either you know research uh, case studies for major metropolitan areas on possibly instituting one of these surcharges. Yeah. I didn't, I I didn't realize that. That's interesting. I think there's, I mean, it's just, you know, my views libertarian on that view. Like it's so weird, like $250 million out of what? 1.4 trillion. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, first of all, that's nothing. Right. right? I mean, that's that's not going to solve it's, like, well, it's not even just about solving it. It's just like, you know, I, I think it might make a bigger problem. Like it, it's just going to be spending money on, you know, people to kind of sit in rooms and think hypothetically about what could work. And then maybe they'll come up with some bureaucratic answer that's, uh, you know, congenial to, to people so they could try to get some more money. Right. Like it's just yeah. to me, like when you think about for when I hear stuff like that, I just have bells ringing in my head. It's <laughs> just like, come on, you're going to spend this money. Excuse me. I have uh Ocon. I'm not, I do. I'm not sick. I just went to a conference for, he's been running his mouth a lot. Yeah. So five days. With him. <laughs> you know me, I do run my <laughs> mouth for a while. But yeah, so I just, I, I hear those numbers. I hear two fifty million, and it's like, that's such a drop in the bucket more uh-huh. and for one. And also, you know, are they really allocating that that money? Well, but anyway, to your point, the issue is the government is thinking about ways, governments around the world. Governments, mm-hmm. yeah, and part of this is because of advancements in technology and the and the pandemic. So what they're mm-hmm. trying to do is something Jake and I have talked about a lot is that. Well, we've talked about the idea of go people working from home more often in the post the post pandemic pandemic world post pandemic world. <clears throat> yeah, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And what that would look like, and now we have the government coming in, and this is, you know, I don't know if we talked about this exactly, but this is a clear example. But we have the government coming in trying to influence what that would look like and what they yeah. want to happen. So 
what they want to happen is for instance, people to stay home more. Especially, so like if you don't need to go to work, don't go to work. A lot of businesses are starting to open back up and they want people to go to work again, go into work versus working from home. Um, you know, we talked about on this show a couple of times, hybrid workers and things like that. But the government is now going to impose or thinking about imposing a cost to doing that, which might yep. make it so that more workers and more employees, employers will like say, okay, we're going to have people stay home more often because mm -hmm. it's a cost to the work. So now the worker is going to be a little bit more expensive, right? If I have mm -hmm. to pay, you know, just like if I work at a company, I might arrange something to have them pay for my, if I work downtown, like give me a free parking pass. I don't want to pay $21 yeah, a day. That's not uncommon is, for that to be part of your compensation package for sure. And I don't want to, you know, pay 50 cents a day every time to, you know, or whatever just it is to drive or, or on the road a day just to drive, you know, that or, I get to or my maybe office it's 25 line. cents every two miles. Or who knows? I don't mm -hmm. want to do that every day just to get to the office and back. So let me just come in, you know, twice a week and then, you know, we, that's something like that. So that's what mm -hmm. the, that's what the governments are thinking about doing. And, and the reason mm -hmm. is because it, you know, it's, it's like you said, a burden, there's congestion. This is one way to, solve congestion problems. Mm -hmm. And they do have some meaningful case studies where they've implemented this in major metropolitan areas like London, and it's been effective. And then now they're starting to do it in places like New York and Boston, some of those East Coast cities that have smaller infrastructure with larger populations than they can handle from a car perspective. But something that we have to think about, right, is that the country isn't built like those cities. So if we mm. think about the people in Texas, right, whether you're wealthy or poor, you typically drive in the state of Texas because mm. everything is so spread out and our public transportation system doesn't, isn't super effective in, in big cities in Texas at all. And so mm. we have to think yeah. about the effectiveness, yeah. I think, of a surcharge like this in a place like Texas because our infrastructure is different, right? Is this the right approach? Because the typical strategy for a place like Texas has always been we just widen roads, we just make more lanes, or we add more freeways um, because that fit better with the size and the infrastructure. So I'm, I'm, uh, I don't, I'm not convinced that this would work for a place like San Antonio or maybe Austin, because Austin's infrastructure is a little different and they do have some, some problem areas in that city for sure. But I'm not convinced like it would work in Houston, right? How many massive amounts of people that have to drive in that city? So maybe that speaks to what you said earlier about the surcharge being a, rather than it being a tool to reduce congestion, it is more effective at just eliminating drivers on the road, period, by encouraging well, people to stay home. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what they're trying to do is they want to, yeah. you know, that's how you reduce congestion is have less people on the roads. Mm -hmm. And then like what, you know, so one solution to what you're talking about is uh, from the government's perspective is they could have, you know, exemptions for people like teachers or something who don't make a lot of money, but they're necessary. It's necessary or nurses or something like that. Right. So if you need to be on the road that I, you know, they probably would have certain kinds of exemptions or discounts or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's one way if you don't want to charge somebody, I mean, this will be for, you know, 
business owners and um, right, you know, whatever. I, I, so I don't know how they would implement it. Would you know? It might be a case by case basis. But if they were to do something like this, that's how I would imagine they might do it is they would give some kind of exemptions to people with certain classifications of their job that where they need to be on the road. Right. Um, you know, and they don't, so they need to be on the road and they're not allowed to, and, and they don't, maybe don't make a lot of money like a teacher mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or they need to go to work every day and teach. Mm-hmm. So, that, I mean, that's, that's to me how the government Thinks, and this is like the essential versus non-essential worker type thing, like who needs to be on the roads all the time. And then if you don't, it doesn't mean you can't be on the roads. You're just going to get an extra charge. Now, I don't think that's so for me, I, I think all of this is bad. Personally, I think all, like what I don't agree with it at all. Like what's interesting to me is the so like what they can do is like, you know, now that you have GPS in all of our cars, that's one way they can also track like your ability on the road and then charge you based on that. So it's it's very easy to charge. Like in the past, if they the government wanted to, or anybody wanted to charge you for a turnpike or for a um, toll road, you had to go through a toll road, which increased congestion in certain areas uh, where everyone came, where you used to have to pay with like coins and dollars and there was a person there. And now mm-hmm. they have cameras. And now in the future, it may just be, you know, they just charge you automatically. You know, they, they know where you are. The moment, as you're driving through as you're there. Driving, yeah. You just, what is, yeah, once you're on the road, they're like, oh, I know what road it's on. And, you know, this person's on and we're going to give them a, you'll get a check in the mail or a seat in the mail or whatever. Or mm-hmm. a bill. So, I mean. So if you disagree with this technique, do you at least agree with the fact that this is a problem and there needs to be a solution for it? Yeah. The road system is a horrible, horrible mess. Yeah. yeah. And it's, but. My so the reason I think it's a mess though is because it's been government run the whole time, so like or at least since the 19th century. So there's a there's a long history of this kind of thing. Like in the um, the first roads were actually in America were were the first paved roads were developed by private companies. Mm. The, there's there's a long first long distance paved road in America was um, called uh, Philadelphia and Lancaster Turnpike. And I think it was like in the late 18th century or something like that. Late, late, like after the revolution. And a lot, I mean, because when you think about it, private, so, you know, you guys all know I'm very much more private companies solving these problems versus the government government. trying to do it. Mm -hmm. And part of it is because, like, I don't think we recognize what's being lost when the government doesn't allow for innovation. Because government is not good at innovation. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, if you don't recognize that, I mean, we need to just mm-hmm. have a longer conversations. They're just not good <laughs> at innovation. Like just sure. go to the post office for God's sakes. Like they're just not, I mean, they're barely able to do some of the stuff that FedEx and UPS has revolutionized and they're kind of implementing it later. Like they're just not good at it. And that's, mm-hmm. that's not their fault. That's just not how a government, what a government can do. But businesses are really good at innovation, but in order to do it, they need freedom to do it, right? Mm-hmm. So, you, and they need freedom to kind of practice and try and try different things. So, for instance, early on in the 19th century, there was private roads and they tried with toll, uh, toll roads, but then people found ways around it and they cheated a lot and it wasn't. And, yeah. but private businesses still paid for it. And the reason they paid for it is because guess who wants there to be roads? 
Like think about it. Think about a free market. Think about like your local, you know, city. Who wants yeah, there to I mean, be roads? Yeah, the businesses need roads. Like H E B people to get to them. Yeah. yeah the malls, H E B. So they are the ones who pay for roads to get to your house to, to them because that's how they get you there. And that mm-hmm. and they's and they may like charge something or you know, they get together and, and they'll pay like some company that does it. The point is that these types of things happened. The other interesting thing, which is a long history that we can't get into right now, but if you're interested, there's a lot of books on this, is the first comp or um industry in America to really be regulated. Do you know what industry it was? I do not. It was the railroad industry. Ah. Um, yeah, so the railroad industry was the first major industry to be to be really regulated. And like antitrust, which started in uh, I believe 1890, was you know, for Rockefeller uh, oil and mm-hmm. the railroad, they did a lot of uh, regulations and impo- impositions on railroad. But the point is that we don't know what innovations would have happened and what the world would look like if those types of things didn't happen. Like it's very possible that we would have almost no highway systems at all. And what we would have is something like, you know, bullet trains that could go so fast that it would get from one side of the country to the other um, in, you know, you know, a couple hours or something like that. And yeah. what we may have no trucks because the reason we had truck, we have trucks on the road, big rigs, those had to be created because there was regulations on the trains and that's how you got goods everywhere. And that's, mm-hmm. there, there was a kind of imposition and that's why we developed the highway system is to get trucks everywhere. And so we're using roads designed for trucks. So like today we think of, oh, these, these trucks are on the road and they're a nuisance, but they actually think of those cars are on the road and they're a nuisance because they're the ones getting like all the goods all over the country. Um, So the point is that, you know, to me, what's really interesting is the opportunity now. So like, let's say what happened happened in the past in terms of private or public roads, public roads, you know, the the international or the uh, interstate highway system. Fine. You know, I don't agree with it, but that's what happened. But what's interesting is that now that we have this ability with GPS, this, you know, and and this is an example of how private companies can start taking over E more easily because they can Mm -hmm. do these kinds of charges and then we can open up things. But you know, what's going to happen is what we've been talking about, which is, governments are going to be taking over instead and they're going to just try to manipulate things and social engineer because that's what they're doing. They're trying to social engineer us to stay home because it's right. safer to do that. And, you know, I mean, we've had, well, and that solves this, that saw that does in and of itself solve this issue. If there's fewer people on the roads. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's just like, this is always an example. I use, I mean, if you think about, imagine there was an industry a private industry where 40,000 people died every year. I mean, how long would that industry exist? <laughs> I mean, seriously, like what, um, what private industry has 40,000 people dying every year? And that's how many people die on the roads, public roads. Right. And, but you can't blame that exclusively on the road system. That's also the inability of people to drive their vehicles too. I mean, they're the, the cause for many, many accidents, right. That result in death. Yes. But what I'm saying is if private roads, let's say all the roads were privatized, all of them, 
I mean, what do you think? Like, do you think people would ride on a road where thousands of people died every year or would they choose another road? Because you'd have competing roads. So it's like, oh, lane I don't know a. about, I mean, that, that requires a whole reworking of infrastructure because well, you can't just opt yeah. to take a different road so easily without it being an inconvenience. That's well, just the way that they're built. Most, so most deaths happen on the freeway, by the way. So, but, but yeah, like that's what I was talking about earlier. Yes, you're right. The infrastructure developed the way it did because of this kind of intervention. But my point is simply, there's a lot of, I mean, 40,000 people a year is not, a minor situation. Mm -hmm. And this is because of, you know, the government is in control of that road and they're not doing a good job. I think that the private industry would do a way better job is my point of like regulating who goes on, who's not able, like there should be restrictions. Like the idea that some, you know, we have to be so kind to everybody about driving. Some people probably shouldn't be able to drive for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. but we, in, in a government, you have to be more egalitarian and they let everybody drive, you know, even a 95 year old or something. And on a, on a, you know, and that, that causes, they, you know, get in a car accident and kill somebody, kill a family. It's not just drunk drivers. It's sometimes just someone falls asleep or, you know, yeah. and, and drunk drivers are part of it. And who knows what would develop. My point is that for me, what's exciting or interesting about this new technology is, you know, not what has already happened. Cause that's happened. It's right. what's possible. Yeah. Right. So it's the next stage of like, what if we tried some private roads and now we have this Jeep? I mean, it'd be no problem with, you know, for charging for GPS. Right. Like, and, and just yeah. like having like, like just as an example, like, okay, we're going to let somebody have some privatized parts of transportation. Like, mm -hmm. or even like, here's the other thing. It doesn't have to be roads. It could be like, like we don't necessarily need that many more roads. What we need is to get from one place to the other. Right. Yes. That's, that's what we the, need. So right. it doesn't necessarily, it might be, um, you know, you, you Uber or bike to a place like Elon Musk's bullet underground thing. And then mm -hmm. it takes you to Austin. If you live in San Antonio in 30 mm -hmm. seconds or five minutes or whatever. And then right. you, you kind of just, uh, take a scooter to the next place. Like there's yeah. no reason why those types of things are not possible. And I do agree with you on that for sure. And I think I agree with you on the concept that the government lacks the skill for innovation. And so when we're thinking about fixing a crucial transportation problem, right, their mentality and their history suggests they're not going to be the best person to solve that issue. Where I disagree with you is that I don't think that just having private roads would eliminate the risks or the dangers of driving because that the human element is a big plays a big part in the risks of driving because you are susceptible to how other people are in control of their vehicle when you're on those roads. And that risk doesn't go away if the road is privatized unless they implemented like a self-driving lane or something where the, you know, those cars are programmed and that's a, a lane that they can only operate in, right? That could be a way that would reduce maybe some of that risk. And so maybe that's kind of what you're talking about too, is their ability to innovate exceeds some of the, the constraints and the issues that we run into now just by having a, the road system that we have with people with their ability to drive on it whenever they want. Yeah. I think you, you answered the way I would answer basically is that's the idea is that they would come up like the 
system des- is designed the way that it is because the government designed it that way. So yeah. it doesn't like there's probably other, why can't there be multiple lanes or something above each other? Like four different, why, why can't we build up? That's a government. They said no to stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a good answer to kind of free up. Cause a lot of accidents and, and you know, accidents happen for a variety of reasons. You can investigate those reasons and then ca- solve those problems. The government mm-hmm. is not good at doing that. My point is yeah. like, if you think about, just imagine if every fourth plane crashed, how long would the airline industry exist? Right. <laughs> and so when you have I'd some, still be going in operation today, if it's like the roads, <laughs> exactly. If it was public, if it was public roads, it'd be like, well, that's, I mean, cause that's what it is. Like, you know, like with, with cars and you're right that there's the human element, but one way to, to innovate with that would be to like have, I, I mean, I don't know. The, the thing is like, you cannot know how people would innovate. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, nobody could predict the internet, right? Mm-hmm. It had no concept that this would happen in like the eighties that what we're living in today. And so my point is there's, there's it, it, I can come up with my own kind of imaginary things, but that's probably not what would happen. Some innovators would come up with real things, but who knows? I mean, you could have like, you know, um, indi- like uh, uh, things on the road that kept people safe, that like um, helped guide them, right? Like between the lanes or Yeah, whatever. either between the lanes or, or it could be even like machines that you kind of drive behind and everybody has to drive behind this machine that keeps them all. I, I mean, who knows? Yeah. You know, like yeah. who freaking knows? I mean, it, it, it could also there are, be. There are a lot of other ways yeah but yeah your point is that by us giving all that decision making power to the government they have shown us that they may not come up with the best solution and this this is an example of like an interesting solution i think the gps Mm -hmm. and the charging for the roads is an interesting solution to things and that may be but the you know again this is a good example of um you know, understanding what a government is and what it's, how it thinks as a government and versus what's possible in a more free market. That's all. Yeah. It is an interesting thing and they may do this in some places and they may not. And you know, it would impact your wallet of course, if they did do this in other places, but honestly it impacts your wallet through the taxes you pay, whether you realize it or not, like you're paying for those roads for those roads. Totally. Yeah. You know, another thing is the incentives I don't know what you think about this, but like the incentives for a private company versus a pop versus the government is very different. So like when you see, um, you know, like whatever negatives private toll roads may have, mm-hmm. you know, they, uh, they, they are an excellent repair, right? They're, they're going to be in much better repair than a public road because the incentives are different. Like a private road in disrepair reflects a loss of revenue. Right. If it's not in good repair, you know, if you go to a store that's run down, it's because they're not making good money. But if they're making good oh, money, I they see, put I that see. money into infrastructure. But the opposite is true in public roads. When you see a, a road in disrepair, that reflects a uh, a future increase in revenue. Because what do politicians do? They're going to say, hey, they, we need to fix the roads. We're mm-hmm. going to raise taxes, give us money. So it's like the incentives are flipped with um, with those. That's another problem. Is that mm-hmm. you know the, the private roads would want to attract the Jake Revises to come to our road so that because we have the best. So they're Chinese going to road. obviously make it a better experience because yeah. that's the that's the concept of you know of business. Yep. Right. Yeah. Free market. Yeah. 
I, I see. I see. So I think we can stretch a little and say from, cause we haven't talked a lot about planning and this affecting your wallet other than I think this article and the fact that this was included in the infrastructure bill just shows you that whether the, whether we like it or not, this is, this is moving forward as a, something that's going to have greater uh, focus. And so one should expect maybe at some point in your city to have to pay a surcharge of some type, maybe in some parts of your city and a really good planning technique for that, especially if you can get it through work is something called a flexible spending account FSA. Mm. And that's a great way where your employer can put some money into an account to pay for those type of costs and it's tax free. So that can be mm. a really beneficial planning technique if you're, so you're working this, with the employer. Right. If you're working mm. with the employer and they realize that, you know, you work downtown and the road right in front of your building is going to be, as, have a surcharge. That can be a great way for employers to still incentive, like to still compensate those employees that they need in the office in a tax efficient way is by giving them an FSA with some money in there to pay for this kind of stuff. So there's That's a little planning technique. Yeah. So, and well, the other thing is also just to rethink your, like, be smart about your views of transportation. Don't just yeah. think about like cars. Like think about, you know, ride share, think about carpooling, just different ways to kind of save That's a money. Good point. Um, yep. you know, if, because these types of things are probably coming down the pike one in some way, shape or form, right? Mm -hmm. Like they, they've already been trying the kind of automated uh, toll roads. And those mm -hmm. I think have been working With to the, some degree. Yeah. Um, you know, like you pay, what is it in Texas, Texas, Text dot the yeah. Texas, uh, yeah. Text to the department of transportation, but yeah. I don't know what the, there's something like California has one where it's like through, I don't know, but it you mm -hmm. know allows you to go through all the, the toll lanes, um, without you just, you just buy it once every year you pay a fee and you can go to all the, toll Oh, lanes. the fast pass. Yeah. Or that's it. The, yeah. Mm -hmm. So stuff like yeah. that, I think stuff like that's going to be changed and they may even increase that on the roads, right. Where yeah. they might have more places that are fast pass acts of sex, accessible or you get a fee if you don't go on it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so this is something to consider for your future. Um, you know, coming back to the non-libertarian real world, um, of, of something where you are thinking about like, how do I, you know, think about transportation and now that's, mm -hmm. that's one way to do yeah. it. Rethink yeah. how you transport. And, and again, maybe stay at home is that's what the, yeah. Yeah. Answer. And hopefully this too will spur a little bit more, um, accessibility for the everyday person too. If you're, if you are, uh, uh, in a situation where you're, where you're running into this issue where you're going to be charged on roads, hopefully there will all of a sudden be a much better bus route or a dedicated bike lane on your route that you could t opt to take. Because I think if the goal is really to reduce congestion they they don't want to exclusively send you home. Like they're going to also hopefully work on work towards alternative methods of transportation as well so that they can still encourage the movement through the city, but in a more effective manner. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe so, no, that would be the hope. No, I think we'll you're right. See. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to think about and it's, I think it's important. Because yeah. it's like I said at the beginning, it's a big part of your life. Yeah, spent on roads, and we uh, need to think about them. And maybe it's time to privatize them. 
<laughs> I think it's time to privatize them. But <laughs> no, you're, I know, you're being, you, we got that clear, clear message. Kurt. I know not everybody agrees with me, but all right. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up this episode of Jake of All Trades. Be sure to check us out on social media by searching for at Jake's Two Cents and check out the blog at jakestwocents.com. Take care. We'll see you next time. Securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network. Member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Fixed insurance products and services offered through CES Insurance Agency. Actual performance and results will vary. These interviews do not constitute a recommendation as to the suitability of any investment for any person or persons having circumstances similar to those portrayed. Consult a financial advisor regarding your specific circumstances.